Think about Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I've just picked a few out. The gossip columns, the glossy magazines. I'm talking the hellos, the okays. I say we. I'll make it the royal we. So none of you have to admit, do you read those, do you not? Do you partake of social media, do you not? But we get involved in that because we're interested in people's lives. We want to know what people are going through. Seeing someone suffer, not in a a sick way, but it draws you in. You want to know what's going to happen. As humans, we're interested in that story. And actually, I think a lot of the time, the world puts on a brave face. But deep down inside, the people we come across day to day desperately want to know, how do I deal with this? How do I cope? I'm going to put this brave status on Facebook, but inside, what do I do? I, I don't know. We've got a world around us hungry to understand how we cope, how we get through life. You know, it wasn't massively different in Joseph's story. They didn't have Facebook, they didn't have all the joys of social media. But you had Potiphar, who would have been gutted, I believe, furious, because he believed he'd been cheated on, but also gutted to lose a man he trusted to run his whole house. You had the governor watching. They would have been thinking, well, hang on, this guy was doing so great over here, we're going to put him in prison. What does he do now? Go on then, you've said your God's with you. If you're in that pit, what do you do now? Where's the God of this slave? As I did some more digging around this, there's um, quite a lot of hymns and worship songs relate back to points of pain. Some well-known people. There's a couple I drew out. There's a a lady called Annie Johnston Flint who's recognised as one of the great American hymn writers. Maybe less of the songs we know, but certainly back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. You dig into her story, she actually lost her mum at three, she lost her dad by six, she suffered with arthritis as a teenager, suffered with cancer. Her story is utterly horrendous, and yet she's recognised as one of the most influential hymn writers of her time, focused solely on praise. Do you get that? Not focused on pain or suffering or deep introspection, purely on praise. There's one you may know, um, a song called It Is Well With My Soul. Do you know the story of this? Some of you do. For those that don't, it was a man called Horatio Gates Spafford. It's a great, I'm assuming that's an English name. Um, He wrote, When peace like a river attendeth my way. Do you know what came before that song was written? His wife and four daughters, I believe it was four daughters, certainly four children, were crossing the Atlantic to be with him in Liverpool. And a huge storm hit and sunk the ship. Only his wife survived. Now, I, sorry, I, I can't even think about that with my own kids. And yet this man, from that, his response was to write, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, the very storm that took his kids, whatever my lot, he said, you've caused me to say it as well, it is well with my soul. Matt Redman, the song Blessed Be, as lots of people have different stories around this, there's actually a, a section he's written in a magazine talks about that was his response to 9-11 because he was actually in America after the tragedy had happened and it was his, him seeing what was going on in the churches. So it's less a song about himself but more seeing how churches responded to that tragedy and that the, you know, the, the squeeze of the storm and the pain people were going through. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'll share a small bit of Claire's story, um, and well, mine and Claire's story together. It's not nearly as painful as Danielle's was, bless you, but we, um, we had a dream that we were going to put our family roots down in Essex. We felt God had steered us towards that. And in the first year that that was really taking fruit, we lost our first child. We had an ectopic pregnancy scare with the next. 
And we also lost the house that we'd been in an 18-month chain to buy, losing about £1,000. Now, the thing I remember from that is all of Claire's workmates were watching because she was going in every day. We'd be rubbish poker players, us two. We'd wear our heart on our sleeve. You know what's going on inside because it's on the outside. And she'd been sharing with them what was going on. And there was a point at which she went back in after the third or fourth bump from that storm. And they said to her, how are you still smiling? Only you, Claire, could be smiling having lost a baby in a house and a thousand pounds. People are watching. They're really interested in what's going on when we're suffering. So God is ready to support and sustain us. I believe this. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. It's not on the slide, but it says... We're comforted in all our troubles so we can comfort those in any trouble. God wants to feed and sustain and support us because he wants to do something with what we're going through. I really believe that. Sometimes that means we're hurting right now. Actually, if you come on, I think it's on the next slide. Thanks, Josh. If we are hurting, what if people are watching because they want to understand how to cope? What if people need to learn something from what we're going through? I think if we admit it or not, actually we want to learn from each other. Part of the reason church works is we're a community that gets together and wants to share that story of what's going on in life. So, there's a challenge. What's God looking to do? But there's also some advice from digging through the Bible, digging through life, talking to people, praying together. If we come on to the next one. What do we do when it's getting rough? I've just picked out a few bits. First one for me is trust the captain. It's easy to say use the opportunity, but to do that you have to trust the captain. Look to Jesus. Actually, funnily enough, the, I told you I was going to do this interactive bit. If we, um, in your chairs, if you just imagine doing this for me. Well, you can do it if you want. Join in and a little bit of... This is, the, this is weird. <laughs> that would have had me crying ten years ago. I don't know where this thing came from. I, th- I think for me it was an element of trust. I wasn't in control. I don't think of myself as a control freak. But there was two little things really finally cured my flying issues. There was one, we were going in um, over the Great Lakes in America into a place really on the, the border with Canada. And the captain came on and said words that will terrify me. He said, um, folks, this is going to get a bit rough. I've asked the crew to put everything away. We're going to buckle up. Things may fly around a bit, but trust me, the... The plane's good, I'm good, we are going to get down, but please don't panic if things get a bit hairy on the way. Now you can imagine what's going through my head at this point. But you know the really surreal thing? I loved it. Because he told me it was going to happen. Because I knew I was ready to deal with it. Now you're not always going to know. Danielle found this in her own story. We found it in ours. And actually the reason I got you just to test that little movement around, if you do it again in your chairs... Thank you, Dave. Dave's with me. Remember that movement now, and then on the drive home, just pay attention to what your body's doing. Because for me, it never bothered me being shaken around in a car on bumpy roads. So why was I terrified of it in the sky? Because I wasn't in control. I didn't know it was coming. I didn't know when it would come to an end. The bit I don't like is the not knowing. But when I got to the point when I could trust the pilot, and I could look at the stewardesses and think, you know what, they've been through worse they're not panicking yet. The minute I see them panicking, then, <laughs> then it gets different. God wants us to trust him that we're in his hands, just like Danielle did, just like we've had to, just like Joseph did. Joseph was ready to respond because he trusted that he was in God's hands. The bumps might not be what you want. And actually, I think if you talk to Danielle, if you talk to us, we could have picked much smoother ways. 
But do we regret the outcome? No. Lift up your eyes is the next. God's bigger than our problems. Always. It's funny, I was actually digging through Israel and some of the story of um, David and Goliath. And it's something I've missed in 20 years of reading that story. That for 40 days they'd actually stood facing off to Goliath without a plan, without an idea of what to do. And then along comes David, who's prepared to lift his eyes higher than Goliath's head and go, my God's bigger than you are. I'm going to face this down because my God's bigger than you are. And funnily enough, you read through the New Testament, do you realise that as the disciples sat in the boat terrified of the storm, probably if they'd looked down, they would have seen breadcrumbs and fish scales on their tunics. Because just before... They'd been feeding the 5,000. They had Jesus walking across the water to them. They were scared of the storm. And yet the evidence of the miracle they'd only just seen happen was right in front of them. God is bigger. Which is easy for me to say, but we have to grab onto that as a truth. That's how we get through some of these things. Worship. Joseph worshipped with his integrity. I said that earlier on. That's in chapter 39, verses 8 and 9. I'm trusted, so how can I do this wicked thing against God? Annie Johnson Flint. I'm going to read you part of her hymn. Because it is stunning. So remember, this is from a young lady crippled by cancer. Crippled by arthritis. They said she used to have, I think I read in one account, about 19 pillows on her bed because it was so uncomfortable just to lie still. And from that lady come the words, He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labours increase. To added afflictions he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials his multiplied peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed, ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving is only begun. His love has no limit, his grace has no measure, his power no boundary known unto men, for out of his infinite riches in Jesus he giveth and giveth and giveth again. Worship can change the atmosphere instantly. I don't know if you've ever had to try that at home. We've done it before when things are kicking off with kids normally. Or when something's come against us and we feel that pressure in our lives. Put some worship music on, please, I beg you. Because it can change the atmosphere. The things of God can bring peace to the world. Psalm 42 verse 5. One we know well, but we struggle to say, Why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? You speak to yourself, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. I don't have to rattle through these. I'm taking slightly longer than I planned to. Apologies. Um, Find your support network. So actually, it's not too bad this morning. I was worried that if it was a a real quiet summer week, if I say reach out your arms to either side, there's a few of you who'd have to move. But you get the point. If you reach out to either side of you now, you'll find your brothers and sisters in Christ. You'll find those who may not know the details of what it is you're going through, but they've been through bumps of their own. They've been through trials of their own. They may have answers that you need to hear, and at the very worst, they'll have a shoulder you can cry on if it hurts too much. Please don't struggle on alone. It's kind of my plea. Myself and some of the other guys get to talk to you from the front quite a lot, but we're not perfect. We don't always get it right. Sorry, Jamie. Um, I'll say that I should be speaking on behalf of myself sorry not anyone else but I know I certainly don't always get it right but if you come and tell us we can pray with you we can find help for you we can find support 
Grab your memory banks is the next one. What's gone on before? Think through what you've been through before. For me, every time I get on a plane now, I can remember back to that rough landing, to the plane being thrown against the sky, to um, waking up in the midst of a chair about to separate itself from the floor of the plane. The disciples, think about the stories that I told you there, that they could have drawn from their memories. Joseph would have had more and more memories to draw on each time he went through those bumps. He would have known, look, God's taken me through it before. God can do it again. I trust my father. Find that flicker, that spark. Tells us twice in the word in Isaiah and Matthew that a bruised reed he will not extinguish. He's not going to snuff us out. And then finally, listen. I think I've actually changed this. Keep calm, carry on and listen. The keep calm, carry on is the, it's that bit I remembered earlier on. Find what it is you're good at doing and do it. Grab onto it. It's your lifeline. God's given you gifts and skills to use. And he wants to work the miracle through you that's going to do something amazing with them. So grab on, but then crucially listen. What's God about to do? Is there a miracle he's waiting to work through the situation you're in? Same as Claire, for, for her she went two years of struggling with feeling like people at work weren't interested for that one moment of pure testimony of God's with me so I can lose a baby, I can lose a house, I can lose money because I'm joyful because God's with me. Always listen. And you know that's not as hard as we make it. We talk in church about listening to the voice of God. It's, not, it's really not complicated. You hear that stirring inside, you know. You know what it is you need to say. Please, please don't overcomplicate it. think it's more than that. Joseph may not have had all the answers, but he was ready to be trusted. He was ready to act. Um, I'm going to go through the last couple of ones. So the next one, please, without rain. Apologies for the cheesy clip art pictures, but I love this. Without rain, there'll be, there would never be rainbows. Danielle touched on it earlier on, so I won't dwell on it. I don't look back at our times in the hospital when we lost our child as a sad time. And I think, Daniel, you said the same if I understood you, that the, the day you were given with your husband and your son is a day of joy you look back on. And for myself and Claire, when we were in a quiet room in a hospital trying to process what had just happened, it's actually a day when we knew our faith got stronger because we knew even though it hurt, God was still God. Even though it was difficult, God was still in charge. And that's what I remember, not the pain. I get on planes now and I remember the, the funny things, the, the bits I enjoy. I loved it when we took our kids on their first aeroplane flight. I was able to show confidence and impart into them fun and joy and enjoy the flight. Not be terrified and look at daddy's crying in the corner. <laughs> God knew best all along. And you know what? Even when I don't see the rainbow, what you learn as you go through those, you learn to trust that you will. Again, it's really easy for me to say, and if you're hurting right now, I'm sorry if that sounds light, but you will, you'll learn to trust that you will see the rainbow, even if you can't see it today. Just to bring it closer to home, because we've got um, mum and dad here, something I remember from Rachel and John's wedding, they had a rough run-in to their wedding. Rachel was really quite unwell for, feels like five, six months, I'm sure it had been going on much longer. Um, they had rain on the day, I got to drive them from the reception to their car, to, sorry, from the ceremony to their reception. And Rachel wasn't that well in the back of the car, actually. She struggled a bit, bless her. 
And just to prove it's a little bit closer to home, on the day itself, it was lovely to see them go and stand under that rainbow and know that God said, I'm not going to take you to the point at which it floods. I'm not going to take you to the point at which it's too much. This is my promise over you. So if we go forward two, please, Josh. Thank you. I don't know if you can read that, but it says, sometimes the Lord, the Lord rides out the storm with us and other times he calms the restless sea around us. Most of all, he calms the storm inside us, in our deepest inner soul. Now, Lloyd John Ogilvy sounded to me like someone from the Victorian times again. I was expecting the 1800s, 1900s. He was actually the chaplain of the US Senate between 1995 and 2003. He led the government of America through what they would say was one of their darkest testing times in 2001. So they're nice words, but unless it's the word of God himself, I wouldn't want to leave it on that. So you look at 2 Corinthians 1, 20 to 22. It won't come up on screen, but I'll read it to you here. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Now, it's important we hang on to that because we've talked about it last week. We've mentioned it this week that we have a dream, we have a vision. It's not always the same as the promise God has spoken. God answered Danielle's dream in a different way. That's the point I'm trying to make. God answered mine and Claire's dream in a different way to the one we necessarily expected. But he still answered it. Danielle still had her hole filled. She had her family that she'd prayed for and dreamt of just not in the way that we as humans would often work it out ourselves. So this word is true. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God, just as Claire did at work, just as Joseph did to Potiphar, to Pharaoh. We say amen for the glory of God, and now it's God who makes us, and that's both us and you, stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, And put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what's to come. I'd actually like to end on the words of that song, if I could. That it says, when peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you've caused me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. Thank you, Lord. If any of that's touched you um, this morning, Jamie gave us a chance to pray earlier on. We're going to take time to do it again now. Um, don't worry about what time it is. We'll, we'll go and, I'll go and make sure the kids are okay. But please don't go if there's something that's sparked in you that says, you know what, Barry, prayer team, Jamie, right now I'm struggling. Right now I'm strapping that belt on like there's no tomorrow because I don't like this bumpy flying bit. Please come and find us. Come and be prayed for. And if you don't want to have someone pray with you right now, but you need to find a moment just to to kneel before God and to say, I'm going to surrender to you again, God, that I don't understand what's happening right now. I don't particularly like it, if I'm honest, Lord. But I trust you. I trust the captain of this ship. Maybe you could come and take some time to kneel at the side and have some time with the Lord yourself.